Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. Jesus, I just thank you so much that you are here, that you're in our midst. I pray that as we communicate what you've put in our heart and really believe is from you, I just pray that you would give us the right words to say, that you would use us um, however you see fit. And I pray that you would even teach us as we're teaching. Uh, We're not above this, we're part of it. And so I just ask that you would be here in this room and that you would light our hearts afire with your vision, what you wanna do here in the Treasure Valley and through One Life. I thank you so much that you chose us. We are honored, we are privileged to be your kids and to be um, just part of whatever you're doing. We wanna be about your business, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. So the first thing we're going to do is uh, just celebrate this last year. Um, And I get to do that, which makes me kind of excited. Um, the, The thing is, so we're not changing what we shared last year. Last November, we shared vision here about the same time. And we are not changing the vision. We're only adding to it and, and really just casting new vision for this next year. Where are we going? And our prayer is always, Lord, what are you wanting to do? Where do you want to take the church? Where do you want to um, build out? And what do you have for us? And so last year, we had this kind of focus on worship, equip, uh, reach next generation and then a building. So we had five little areas. Many of you took home the cards and I know uh, I saw it on a lot of people's fridges this last year. Um, I know I had mine tucked in my Bible for a long time. Um, we've all been kind of praying about this and thinking about this. And what's really cool is we've had some extended worship times this last year. So we really built into worship a lot. Um, we actually were able to get, um, some worship training apps up and going here recently. Um, it took us a while, but we finally got it up and going. Um, And so that was awesome. Um, We've also been able to um, build out a few Sundays this last year where we actually were able to worship most of the service. Did anybody enjoy those? I I think, I I mean, I did. I know I did. Um, They were pretty awesome. So uh, we're not replacing that. We're still going to continue to build into worship, um, and worship culture is going to be very important and strategic here in our church. We're not getting rid of it, but we do want to celebrate it. Um, in the equipping space, uh, we had some awesome discipleship groups going, and we also uh, had a few of the following Jesus book groups going, mm-hmm. and those walk through like the very um, basics of Christianity and how to walk and grow with the Lord, and we've actually had several people go through those books together, and that is awesome because mm-hmm. it sets a solid foundation for what they're they're going to build their life with Christ on, mm-hmm. and so that was a really huge win for us. Um, we also were able to take several of our leadership team to an equipping uh, and training seminar back in April. And then we also took some people in October to a training. And so uh, we're equipping people and we want to continue to do that. Uh, We also uh, celebrate what we did through REACH. So this last year, um, we had 
a couple of people come to us and ask if they could start a group called Embrace Grace. And I know so many of you have gotten involved with that, um, but it has been an incredible outreach opportunity for us. Um, they, these women um, are coming in and they, they literally either don't know Jesus or they, they used to go to church and they have a lot of hurt. And we have several women that literally walk with them through the discipleship process, going with them and taking them on a journey to know Christ. Mm. And it is a beautiful thing. And so we've had that going. Yeah. Um, we also partnered with Anchor in the fall and mm. had a huge outreach in a neighborhood. And we want to continue to sow into that neighborhood. And um, so you'll see more events throughout this next year as we kind of keep reaching into that same neighborhood. We want to just build into them and continue to reach them. Uh, we also were able to do the Thanksgiving boxes last year, and then we're also doing it again this year. So nope. lots of celebration nope. there. Boxes Bax. last year, baskets this year. It's going to get me. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Um, and I know I got pretty passionate last year about our next gen stuff. Come on. And uh, what's so cool is we we kind of spoke about wanting to speak into next gen and really build into next gen. And then our youth team literally came alive mm-hmm. um, after Pastor uh, Jamie came in mm-hmm. like January or February. And they decided they wanted to fully go with like a full youth ministry, not just a small group. So we launched Encounter Youth last May. And you guys, that's a huge celebration. Yeah, we don't just yep. have a, a youth small group. We have a youth ministry and they are having youth every week. And it is a huge celebration for our church. Um, We've also gotten new kids life curriculum and we're building that out. And uh, actually this, just this last week, Mayela bought us some new tables for our heroes class. Can everybody just clap for that? They have like stuffing falling out. It's a good thing. Um, and then for our building, we were able to beef up our savings quite a bit yeah. so that we can set ourselves up to get into a building whenever it's ready for yeah. us, um, whatever building that is. And we're still praying and believing for a building, mm-hmm. even though it's not on our vision for this year, just know it's still part of the vision. Okay. We want a building, um, because we believe God has a building for us. Yeah. And you, you're going to find too, we're going to hand out something at the, the end of service. It's a, it's a card that has the vision for this year. And it also has a QR code that you can actually see the financial report of this last year. One of the things that we started last year is we wanted to be very transparent with us as a church with how we spend money, how the money comes in, how we use it, and all of that. And so all of that is broken out on there, and you can see the money that went into savings. You can see all of these things that went to the different areas. Um, And so that's for you. If you're interested in that sort of thing, you can check that out um, at the end of service and and go from there. Um, One of the the things I just want to celebrate for a second. I'm not supposed to do this, but I am, so I will. Um, is uh, Ellie's been meeting with the different teams in Kids Life um, and really sowing vision into those classes and what's going to be taking place. And it's been really cool to see those teams come alive with ideas and thoughts and strategies about how to connect with our kids and how to introduce them to God more and how to build worship and how to do all this kind of stuff. And she's, she's met with them and then she's come home and told me about it and just been like, this team is amazing. Like they're ready to go. They're chomping at the bit about what God wants to do. And, and it's things like that that I get really excited about to see what God is, is sparking in our church and growing in our church in that way. The other thing I just want to celebrate for a second and then we'll, we'll dive in. Um, 
God, we sang this, this song today that we are a house of miracles. And, uh, and that's more than just a little fun catchphrase. It's what we really believe. And it's been really cool to see this last year that there has been story after story of healings, cancer that's been gone, tumors and nodules that have been just disappeared, massive health situations that people have walked through completely healed by the power of Jesus. God is doing something amazing. And so even as we declared it today that we are a house of miracles, we believe that God is moving and God is alive and God is active and there is nothing nothing that is higher than the name of Jesus. And so as we look forward to that, I'm excited to hear even more testimonies of that as we jump into this year. Um, we started to pray through vision and, uh, and, and what God would have for this year. And so we're starting to pray, okay, God, what's, what's, what's the vision for One Life this year? What's the thing that we're gonna put in front of the church? Like, what, what is this? What is it? You know, if you, God, if you were to come down and what would your vision for One Life be? And it was really simple. He just said, well, I already gave you a, a mission and a vision. Yeah, but what, but what would it be? But, you know, what would, but, but hypothetically, you know, it's like, no, I already gave you a mission. Like the church already has a mission. And I'm going to read you a passage of scripture that we're all very familiar with to set the tone for our vision for this year. And, and it's not cliche because this is the vision and the mission that God has given to his church. Matthew 28 says this, Jesus came and told the disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all of the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the mission that God has given us, to go to make disciples. Now, now disciples has become a little bit of, of a word that maybe is a little bit of Christianese, right? Like, like oh yeah, we're going to be disciples. What does that mean? To be disciples, you know? Yeah, but what, is that, what does that mean? We're discipling. But a lot of times we can lose what that definition is there. And, and today what I want to do is as we jump into our vision is to come back to what Jesus already communicated to us and be able to actually understand what part of discipleship God wants to focus on for our church. This is something that Ellie and I have been praying a lot about and what we really feel that God wants to do in our church this year is in this area of discipleship. It's always discipleship. The goal and the mission of God for the church is discipleship, to become disciples. And not only to become disciples, which means to love and to follow and obey everything that God said in our life, but to also be those who make disciples, who look for the people behind us and say, you know what? I'm not that far on the journey, but I know I can help this person on the journey. I might've just started my relationship with Jesus, but boy, I'm so in love with him that I can take anybody and show them how to open the Bible and read the Bible. Maybe I've been a, a Christian for my entire life and I've gone years of studying the Bible and all of this. Great, I can grab a hold of someone and introduce them to God in the same way and to pull them along on their life and their relationship with him. Discipleship is the key. Now there's, there's some words here that as we look into this year, three words that God put on our heart that are all wrapped up in this idea of discipleship. 
And I wanna give them to you today because this is what we're gonna talk about for a little bit. We're gonna start with some biblical scriptural foundation for these three words, and then we're gonna go into practical uh, uh, aspects of what this looks like through the year. But it's this, our 2024 vision is to equip, empower, and release. Equip, empower, and release. Also known as discipleship. This year, this is the focus that God, and I teased a little bit at it this last week, but today we wanna go into this in more depth. Because there's something I believe that God has for each one of us here. There's a revelation that even if we've been those who have followed Jesus for a long time, or maybe we're even newer to following Jesus, the idea that there is equipping, there's teaching and training that God has for your life, that he's actually committed to your development as a person, as a believer, as a child of God. And not only that, but he also has something to empower you to be able to live out the life that he's called you to. And not only that, there is actually a a release that's been put on your life to say, listen, you've been equipped, you've been empowered, now you've got to do something. And there is a release and something that we as the body of Christ, when we understand the amazing equipping that God pours into our life every single day through the word of God, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, then we understand that when God says, and when Jesus said in Matthew 28, now go and make disciples, there is something in our spirit that stirs, stir it in spirit, stirred spirit, stir it. It's great. There's something in our spirit that is stirred to go, to respond. That when we understand everything that God has done in our life and he says, now I want you to go, I want you to make disciples. I want you to reach out to the people around you. I want you to meet your neighbors. And maybe you've never had a conversation with your neighbors before, but I want you to start it. Why? Because I've placed you right next to them to be able to be my hands and feet of love to that person. But that takes the body of Christ accepting the challenge and stepping into that. This year, these are those three words that we're going to have. I'm going to talk about equipping here for just a couple of minutes, and then Ellie will jump into empowering. Equipping, if we look at the definition of this, if we look at what equipping actually means, it means this, is to supply with the necessary items for a a particular purpose. It's to prepare someone for a specific situation or task. We as children of God, as followers of Jesus, are here at a place where God is coming to supply everything that is necessary for a particular purpose. He is giving you everything you need for the mission that he's called you to. He also is coming to prepare you for a specific situation or task. You better believe that if God is gonna place you in a position to be his mouthpiece to the people around you, he is going to prepare you for what you need in that moment. Moses was a stutterer. He was not a good communicator. He was very afraid, but God called him and chose him and equipped him for what he called him to. He gave him the ability he needed for a particular situation and task that he had called you to. Can I speak into your life today that God has given each one of you a particular and a specific mission and task, and he's equipping you for that purpose? He doesn't just say, go do it. He gives you everything that you need to be able to do it. Equipping is so important here, and and, and this is what's so awesome about equipping. 
for us here at One Life Church. Equipping has always been and always will be grounded in the Bible. The Bible is the equipping for our lives. Now, of course, there's supplements to that. There's amazing curriculums. There's classes. There's Portland Bible College classes that you can take, and we'll get into some of that. But it all has to be grounded in the Bible, which means for us, it's a really easy filter. If it doesn't, and if it doesn't go through the filter of the word of God, it won't be something that we will use to equip our lives. It has to, has to be grounded in the Bible and the word of God. So we're equipped by this. And this is why. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. Oh, I love this. All scripture is breathed out by God. Oh my goodness, that's just powerful. His words of life. And is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God and woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. There it is. The breathed word of God will equip you for every good work. Ooh, that should give you some confidence. Oh, that should make you excited. That when you grab your word and when you open it up and you read it and ingest it into you, it is preparing you for every good work. Hebrews 13 says this, now may the God of peace who brought uh, brought up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. And may he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him, all glory to him forever and ever. God has equipped you to do his will. That is why you're equipped. You're not just equipped so you can be so cool and awesome. You're equipped to do his will. And the cool thing is, when we do his will, it brings him joy and it brings glory to him. We're equipped to do his will, which brings joy to the Father. Yeah, so our second word is empower. And I don't know how to talk from a chair. I feel really... Okay. You can stand. Thanks Thanks for permission. Okay. Sorry. I got to... When I talk, I got to stand up. (laughs) Sorry. Just don't sit down. Yeah, I won't sit back down like that. Okay. So... Our next word is empower. And, you know, when we were praying about what the Lord would want to do in our church this year, we just saw an empowered people. Right. And not talking about us empowering you. We're actually talking about the Holy Spirit coming and empowering his people. And we believe that the the Lord, actually, the Holy Spirit comes and he empowers people to go and do the work of ministry. It's not just us striving in our own strength. It's not just us trying to make something happen we actually get power from the Holy Spirit to go and to do. And what we see is actually out of Acts 1.8. So if you go to Acts 1.8, Jesus had just ascended to heaven. He told the disciples to go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. He said, just, I want you to just go and wait. So there's 120 people. They're gathered in an upper room, right? And they're just waiting. And they're, they're in this posture of like, Jesus said to do this, so we're here. I mean, I'm guessing. I don't know. I kind of wonder, like they're praying. And then you know how sometimes when you're praying, um, you get tired and then you start asking questions of one another. Like, do you think he's like, is something going to happen? I don't know. And then you start praying again. I imagine that they, I, I wonder also if they were fasting. Has anybody ever wondered that? I've wondered like, when were they eating? Because they were all gathered there together, it says 
So I'm like, were they just not eating? Where were the children? Who was minding the children? Um, Okay, these are all just my questions from this section. But it says, um, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then later, and apparently we didn't write this scripture down, the Holy Spirit actually came and filled the room with tongues of fire and they were on top of each person's head and they were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Different than because Jesus earlier actually says, he, it says he breathed on them and the Holy Spirit came and filled them. So there's a difference between being filled with the Holy Spirit when you get saved and then having a power come upon you to go and to do the ministry. And so we see these two distinctions actually in the book of Acts. And so they actually had a different set of power that came upon them when they received that. So um, we'll dive more into this in this next year because we're actually gonna talk about this because it's part of our vision. We we wanna be an empowered people, not just have the Holy Spirit empower us to live out righteously, but actually have power to go and do the things he's called us to do, not just sit idly waiting for something to happen, but to actually go and do the thing. Um, Luke 9, one says, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Now, it actually says later, Jesus tells his disciples, you will do greater things than these. And we don't believe that that ended. We actually believe that we are still called to do greater things than these. We actually believe that there are still miracles that he wants to do in our church today. And we've actually seen that happening. Um, We've had people literally have masses on their body that just, they're gone. Because, and I believe it's because our church rallied and prayed. And you know what? If you want to get involved with that, there is a prayer chain on our app. It's in the small groups. Jump on there and you can start to get alerts for every time somebody has a prayer request and you'll see them come through. And it is incredible to see the praise reports that are starting to happen and come in. It's really cool. Um, Isaiah... Six, one through three says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like the great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory." As we have, this is about Jesus, right? So the sovereign, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon Jesus. And now he has put his spirit upon us to be those oaks that stand and bring light and shade and provide um, and point to his glory. Ultimately, we're all pointing to his glory as we're empowered. Um, you know, these two things, this equipping and this empowering, there's, there's a heart posture that's required. There's a heart posture. You know, I, I've been a Christian now since I was 20. So I'm trying to do the math in my head because I just forgot, but um, 18 years. And, you know, as you're on that journey, when I was a, a brand new Christian, I just got saved and the Lord opened my eyes. I was a sponge. And, you know, you just, it's like anything about Jesus. (laughs) Just give me anything about Jesus. I'll take it. And I was, I, I mean, I immediately went to Bible college and I was just so excited and on fire for the Lord. But it's like, as you're on your journey, 
your heart posture can change. You can feel like, oh, I've already heard that sermon. Oh, I've already read that scripture 15 times, 20 times, 100 times. You know, especially people that read through the Bible every year. If you've been walking with the Lord for 40 years, you can kind of begin to, in this equipping space, not have the same posture you once had. And you can begin to just kind of, yeah, I've heard that before. No, nothing new. And, and instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal something new, you've got a blockage. And so it's this heart posture and it's this ready to receive. It's, it's this attitude of, I want to get equipped. I want to be empowered. I don't want to do this on my own. I don't want to muscle through. I actually want to, I want to be equipped and empowered afresh. No matter how long I've been walking with Jesus, there's more he wants to speak to me. There's more he wants to do in me. He's not done with me yet. I haven't been fully equipped yet. I still have more growth to do. And even in our position here as, as you know, primary feeders of this flock, you know what? I very much recognize I need to be fed. I need to be equipped, continually equipped. And so we put ourselves intentionally in positions where we will be. So we, I listen to sermons. I probably listen to five sermons a week from other churches. I also read a lot and consume a lot of the Bible. And we, we talk a lot with mentors. And so there's, there's this whole idea of we still have yet to be equipped, no matter our age, no matter how long we've been with the Lord, no matter how, much, how many times we've read the Bible, we want to have this heart posture that sees the value in equipping and empowering ourselves to do what the Lord has called us to do. So it's sitting in that position of, Lord, empower me. I can't do this on my own. Because sometimes when we've done a task 1,500 times, we don't feel the weight of asking the Lord to help us. I don't know if anybody else does that, but it's like if you have, um, you know, greeted at the front doors for 40 years, do you feel this like, I need Jesus to show up in me today? Mm. But we do. That's good. We do. We want to be a church that from the door greeters to the people making coffee, we're so desperate for the Holy Spirit to show up yeah, in us good. that we have a word for the person coming in, right. that we have a thought for them, a scripture for them, a, right. a place, like something to share that's beyond just a handshake and a hello, right? We want to see people with the Lord's sight. And so we want to be empowered by him. Yeah. The 120 in the upper room were expectant. Right. They were waiting. They didn't know what was coming, but they were waiting. And then later in the New Testament in Acts, we see an Ethiopian eunuch, and you should have seen the way I spelt that. Um, <laughs> yeah, just trying to throw in a little humor. Um, the Ethiopian eunuch, he was riding in this little chariot, and he's reading the scripture. He wanted more. His heart posture was right. More, Lord, yes. more. I know there's more here to the story. And so he was expectant and waiting. And what happened? The Lord sent someone to him to speak to him and tell him the more. So we want to be a people that have a heart posture of expectancy. Those two things, those two things work together, the equipping and the empowering. And like Ellie said, being ready, being a heart posture to receive those things. And then what that leads to is this word, release. What it leads to is a, a readiness to respond, a readiness to respond. Because you see, there's one thing to be equipped and empowered of the Lord, but for what purpose? 
Just think about this for a second. What if, what if the apostles, the 12 disciples, the apostles of the New Testament, Paul, all of these, Titus, Timothy, what if they were all equipped, empowered, ready to go, but never did anything? The equipping and the empowering would be really amazing, but would it have done anything? What set the apostles apart is that they were equipped, taught by Jesus. They, they, were, they were with him for three years. Everything was poured into him, into them. Day after day after day, they received all of these things. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Like Ellie said, he breathed the Holy Spirit on them. They received the Holy Spirit in the upper room. But then they actually had to do what Peter did on the day of Pentecost, stand up and begin to preach. Right. Stand up and begin to move out in what he was called to do. Right. See, there comes a point in our life where equipping's great, empowerment's great. We feel so good. We feel so full. Oh, man, I just... And, and, and can I just say that here in the United States, we are a consumeristic society that loves to just get oh, all this knowledge and we, we get it and we get it and we get it and consume it. And sadly, that can also permeate into the church world a little bit where we get all this stuff and then we're like, yes. And then we hear about a missions trip or we hear about an endeavor or something we're doing in the community. Yes, that's fantastic. Somebody should do that. I want to tell us here is one life. God has equipped us empowered us so that we can be ready to respond. Releasing is being ready to respond. Commissioned. I chose this word because I love this word. Commissioned, commissioned by God, anointed by God, empowered by God, called by God, put a mantle on us to apply what we've been given in how we live. It's not enough to be like, I'm a mature Christian because I went to Bible college. I read through the Bible every year. I listen to podcasts. I listen to all this kind of stuff. It's not enough for that to be where it ends. We have to be the hands and feet of Jesus and step out to actually be released of that in our lives. This is so important for us to do. Exodus 4. Exodus 4 is an awesome passage where Moses, God's calling Moses at the burning bush and Moses has all the excuses in the world of why God should pick somebody else. And so they go through this whole thing and God's super faithful to like answer all of his questions and throw all these things back. And then finally, you know, Moses is like, he gives him one more like, oh, I can't talk very done good. And God answers him and says this, then the Lord asked Moses, hey, who made a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. This was the word that, that settled in my heart when we were praying through coming to one life. I've told this story before, but it became so clear that this was God's confirmation that we were supposed to do this. Can I tell you this? Each of you have a now go moment in your life where you've received so much. You sit under Bible teaching. You, you listen to things. I, I want to tell you this, that for Ellie and I, we are going to do everything we can as your pastors to feed you as much as we possibly can. 
We're gonna get into the word. We're gonna provide opportunities for you to learn. This year, we're gonna, we're gonna create more spaces than ever before where you can learn and you can grow and you can mature in your understanding of the word. That's our responsibility is to feed that. But every single one of us has a burning bush moment where we're with God and we're giving all the excuses and God comes to a point of saying, now, but listen, now go. I've given you everything. I've empowered you with the Holy Spirit. The same spirit, which by the way, raised Christ from the dead, lives in you. I've given you that. Now, go. And at that moment, we are met with a very, very serious decision. What will we do? My challenge to you would be, as you go into this next year and us as a church, to listen for the now-go moments and be ready to respond to the now-go moments. Matthew 28, we said this already, but Jesus told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. Go. The complete cycle of equipping, empowering, and releasing has to be at work constantly in our life because what happens if it's not, we become stagnant and apathetic. The illustration I like to use is in the Middle East, there's a body of water called the Dead Sea. The crazy thing about the Dead Sea is is the salt content of that is higher than anywhere else in the world. There's very few things that can actually live in that body of water. Why? It only has inlets. The Jordan River comes from the north and feeds into it. It doesn't go anywhere. Our lives are the same. If all that happens is we just get all of this stuff, but nothing goes out from us, we become stagnant and apathetic. Let us as a church be those that are ready to respond so that the life and the love of God can flow through us. Not just stay with, oh, me, oh, it feels so good. But I'm going to use what God gave me to pour out into other people. Our last few minutes, and we're going to wrap it up here in, in a couple of seconds. In conclusion, my first conclusion. Not seconds, minutes. Did I say seconds? You said seconds. Ah, see, uh. there you go. It's a preaching it's a technique. <laughs> we want to go into, uh, yeah, American seconds. American seconds? Oh, We're going to go into a a few uh, practical things of what these three words look like for us this year, okay? And so we're going to go, this is is the real nuts and bolts now of what this looks like, so we're going to do this here. So that first word, equip, you know, we want to equip the church for the work of ministry through intentional discipleship strategy, including some know God and find freedom small groups. So we're we're bringing in a, um, a new kind of small group, hopefully in the spring, and that's called Know God. And it really does just walk through those basics of how to walk with God in relationship with him, not just have a moment of salvation in a church service, but how to actually grow in your relationship, how to know him and how to be known by him. Uh, And then there's a freedom small group that's already been running at our church, and we're just going to beef that up a little bit so that we can keep that pipeline going. 
Um, eventually, we'll add a discover purpose and a make a difference small group. So it'll be kind of like a nice pipeline for people to go through um, to be able to really be discipled of the Lord and um, really grow in their relationship with him over the course of time. And uh, they can cycle back through. It's not actually a straight line. It can be more like a ping pong um, because sometimes you find freedom and then you realize you actually need to know God more. And so you kind of ping pong. Um, Anyway, we're going to be working on building that out um, so that it's a very intentional thing. Because here's the thing. Discipleship in our kind of church is very different than discipleship in, say, a Middle Eastern church. We gather in larger bodies of of believers. We're not in a house. Um, So we have to create ways for us to be intentional about it. Um, And our our hope is that actually some very organic discipleship will begin to take place as well. But we want to also be strategic. Um, You've got to have a strategy. You've got to have a plan. So we want to plan for it. But then we also want to encourage it to happen more naturally naturally and organically. Um, We're also going to work on um, developing our kids' classes and our encounter youth. We want to build those out um, a little bit more and equip the leaders that are in those spaces um, more thoroughly. And we want to give them, we actually are trying to give them some Bible classes and different things for some of our leaders. Uh, We want to equip them to be able to equip our students, right? So we want to equip the people who are doing the equipping. Um, And we want to build into that. We're doing, we're going to up our worship onboarding process right now. Uh, We have kind of like a, like, okay, here you go, um, kind of thing. And we're going to work on the onboarding process so that we can equip people better. Uh, We want to have an intentional junior leader development and discipleship program. So um, I use program lightly, okay? I don't mean it like it's going to be a program, but we want to be intentional with our junior leaders. We have a ton of junior hires in our church, and they actually serve and do a ton of stuff around here. They actually serve in kids' life, and we want to see them actually be able to serve anywhere in our church as greeters, as coffee people. Um, Hopefully, they're not drinking coffee yet. Um, Mine isn't, right? Um... (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But we want to empower them and equip them to be able to do that. Um, We want to have some marriage weekend, like a marriage weekend. We are working on that with a couple of people. We want to have some parenting stuff to equip parents to be able to do this. Because who knows that raising kids right now is a little different than it was 30 years ago. Okay. I, yep, we're in the thick of it. So um, we want to have some parenting uh, times and talk about that. And you won't hear from us. We're going to bring in people that might be a little more seasoned in the parenting department. So, Yeah, we also have a goal with that to also uh, include the offering of some PBC classes to our church. Um, we have a way for us to be able to offer those that you would be able to jump in um, and just be able to learn. So take some of the same classes that Ellie and I have taken and be a part of that and receive that training and education there. So we're going we're gonna to have that as well that's going to be offered. Um, I'm going to kind of jump in here a little bit as we wrap up here. Um, rece- uh, empowering, empowering. What we want to really focus on this is the reality of what Ellie said earlier, is that the empowering is the Holy Spirit. And so we want to be really intentional to, uh, to receive that empowerment through personal and corporate times of worship and prayer. And then I want to say this, and I didn't have time to teach about this, but we're going to be able to do this in the, in the weeks to come. Let the dreamers dream. Here, here's what I want to say to us as a church, okay? 
There are people in this room who God has put dreams, visions, plans in your life of things that you can step into in the body of Christ. Things that you have a dream for seeing to take place inside of our church. And God's also given you not only a passion, but a strategy for those things. What I want to encourage you today and from your pastors to tell you is if there is a dream that God has put in your heart for something that you would love to see and love to see God do in our church, dream it. Dream it. You have permission to dream it. And let us dream with you, right? It isn't, the church isn't supposed to be just driven by the pastors. We are all the body of Christ. And so I know I've had conversations with several of you that have like this idea that you've been rolling around for quite a while. Dream it, plan it, put it on paper. Let's talk about it. Let's work it and see how that builds into the life of our church. But if you are a dreamer, my encouragement to you is to dream, is to dream. When we talk about releasing, there's a bunch of stuff here that we're not going to have time to go into today, but the gist of it is this, and I've already mentioned this, but it's to activate people of all ages into ministry, both inside and outside of the church. This is a year where for you to be able to respond and say, you know what? There's a challenge that God has put on my heart to actually step into something that he's called me to do. I want you to, to, to be a person and us to be a church of people who are ready to respond when God says, now go. And there's going to be opportunities inside the church. There's the dream team. And the dream team is not only just our volunteer force, but it's, it's the group of people that actually are responsible for building the God dream here at One Life. Seeing the God dream of what God wants to accomplish happen right here. Also ministry to your family in some of these other areas. There's, there's a bunch of these things, but the idea is this. God wants to activate his people this year. If you've already been activated in your life, he wants to activate you to a new level this year. There are things, make no mistake, that he's gonna be calling you to this year. There's gonna be things that he's gonna put right in front of you that you're gonna make a choice to step into. And can I tell you this, that it is some of those things are going to include some of our leadership team looking you in the face and saying, hey, you should do this. And you to say, well, I never thought about that before. Well, think about it. Think about it. What's God going to release you into this year? As we get ready to wrap it up here, I, I just want to, to put this into a declaration for us. And so um, if you would just stand up together as we, as we get ready to close today. There's a statement that I put together that kind of culminates everything we've been talking about today. And I want us to just read it together because I believe that it's something to build our faith in what God wants to do this year. Uh, Lane, you can put it up there. Um, it's not, it's not crazy. I'm not like, you know, you're going to read it and go, wait, I didn't agree to that. You told me to read it. What are you saying? Uh, you pulled a fast one. No, it just puts everything that we've uh, been talking about today into a statement. Okay. And I want to, I want us to read this together. Here we go. All together. We will be a church that is equipped by the word of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit and released to extend the kingdom in the treasure valley. That's our goal for this year. That's our goal for one life. We want to be a people who are equipped by God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and are ready to step out and extend the kingdom into the Treasure Valley. How many of you 
are in for that. Okay, come on, come on. As you leave today, the ushers at the doors are going to have one of these cards. Take it. It's just literally for each of the things that we've talked through about equip, empower, and release. Um, Grab one of these. We try to make it Bible size for a lot of Bible sizes, um, and you can get in in there and and pray through it, have it in front of you for this year um, to see what God is going to do through you this year. I want to pray, and then we're going to get ready to dismiss here this morning. Um, if you are, uh, but before I just pray for all of us, um, I, I want to I wanna just give an opportunity. If you're here this morning, and, uh, and maybe you, you don't even have a relationship with Jesus yet, where the idea of being equipped by him, empowered by him, and then released by him is like, what does that even mean? Maybe you're just like, I don't even know if I know who Jesus is. Well, let me tell you real quick. Jesus is the son of God sent to earth to die on a cross for your sins so that everything that you ever have done or ever will do was taken and put on his shoulders. And when he died, he paid the price for your sins. And because of that, you do not have death. You don't have punishment, but you have eternal life through Jesus. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never had that opportunity, or maybe you have, but you've walked away, you've wandered, life's been crazy, and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today, I want to give you the opportunity to do that here in this place. The way we do it is we just pray a prayer all together, and that's just so that we can do exactly what Romans talks about, connecting the belief of our heart and the words of our mouth. I would ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning as we pray this. Repeat this after me. Jesus, I thank you for the cross. I thank you that you took all of my sin and my shame and bore it on your shoulders. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. And today I receive your forgiveness and your salvation. I ask you to come into my heart, to wash away all the sin and to give me a brand new start. I put my faith in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together for those who prayed that prayer for the first time today?